he just walked over and said hi to me. Said no college student ever. Today, our romantic connections are based in tech more than ever before. The iconic eye contact across an open room or grand gesture to get a crush's attention seem like romantic ideas of the past. We are now in the digital age, where likes and DMs have sparked serious and not-so-serious relationships. Here at the University of Michigan, students have created an algorithm known as the Michigan Marriage Pact, a questionnaire that collects personal preferences, habits, and interests, then matches you with a compatible partner on campus. The Michigan Marriage Pact was launched on October 19th. The survey lasts only 24 days and gives U of M students an opportunity to find the one. Currently, 5,000 students have filled it out. That's one in six undergrads. While the internet connects people at astounding rates, we wonder what the implications are of relationships, especially romantic ones, being so heavily based in tech. I'm your host, Sonia Vogel. This and more on today's episode of The Daily Weekly. Hey, it's Sonia. We have something really important if you have a second. What is it? Um, We need to record the please subscribe if we need you to do it for us. Right now? Yeah. Okay. Please subscribe and find us on wherever you listen to your podcast. Apple, iTunes, um, Spotify, other podcast players, but go subscribe. There you go. That's what what you need, right? Yes. Okay. Thanks, John. (laughs) Bye. Bye. See you tomorrow. Okay. See you tomorrow. Yeah. So my name is Aileen McKilson. I'm a junior here at U of M studying economics. Um, and this year I started the Michigan Marriage Pact with my team of four. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit more about the Michigan Marriage Pact and how that came up? So we, my team is all in Psych 223 with Dr. Fretz, and pretty much she just wanted us to do something epic. So some teams are creating companies, some teams are doing like artwork in the Diag maybe. Um, So it took a lot of brainstorming about what we wanted to do. And we had seen some reports of um, like marriage pacts happening on other campuses, looked a little bit more into it. Um, and that's where the Michigan marriage pact kind of arrived. So can you speak anything on the algorithm and actually like how you created that? Yeah. So the algorithm, um, is our variation of the stable marriage algorithm, um, which is pretty famous. You can find it online. Um, and it's been used in like a lot of literature and other studies. It's our variation because one, it's, like campus related and it's done with a much larger like sample size. Basically the way the algorithm works or like I guess the idea behind the algorithm is that you will get placed with your closest match but only if they can't do better than you. So that's where the stability part comes in. So for example if Tim is my closest match but Lisa is Tim's closest matched I won't get matched with Tim because well Tim will eventually break up with me for Lisa. So in that sense, it's a little bit more stable than if you're just going right off of like who you're most compatible with, no matter, you know, what other options they have. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel confident in their algorithm? 
Yeah, definitely feel confident in our algorithm. Um, there have been, like, I know Stanford has a marriage pack that they do as well. Um, their algorithm isn't public, obviously, so we weren't able to like, take too much inspiration off of that. But just another campus having done this successfully gives us some confidence. And then I actually just came from a meeting with um, the team, and we have tested the algorithm on our participants as of now, and it's running. So we do have confidence that our algorithm will work. Hopefully we'll get some more people to join, but as of now it works. That's really cool. Um, do you think that you'll actually match students as compatible partners? Or are you expecting more like friendships to come out of it or maybe people who just like agree on the questions that you have kind of idea? Yeah, I mean, we did do quite a bit of research on compatibility. Um, so not necessarily like what initially attracts people to each other, but kind of what makes relationships last um, and what makes divorce less likely, I guess. So hopefully we will lead to like romantically compatible, compatible couples. Um, however, it's still, we're all in college, we're all undergrads. So a lot of the questions are about kids or like how to raise families, um, like finance related a lot. So those aren't necessarily things that college students are thinking about. So maybe they're not technically attracted to each other, uh, each other right now, but later in life, how they see, um, like their life playing out, maybe that's kind of what they're envisioning for their future. Oh, that's really interesting. Was there a question that you did research on or maybe someone else in your group thought of that particularly stood out to you as maybe obscure and maybe now you understand why it makes sense? Something like that. Yeah. So one of my group members suggested the question, um, do you feel comfortable investing your money? Which isn't something that a lot of college students think about every day, but it's definitely something that adults think about all the time. So um, when our we kind of separated our um, categories of compatibility into like, I think there were six topics. Um, some of them were money related, some of them were kids related, sex related, um, like life tempo. Um, so the money one, we had a lot of questions relating to like, would you invest your money? Would you consider a prenup? But yeah, questions that were money related were like interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. I read those questions and I think I was kind of taken aback because I've never thought about, you know, at my mm -hmm. age, never thought about those types of things. Yeah. So I absolutely agree. Um, sort of following up on the types of questions. Um, some have said that there are no questions about art or music or other interests of the like. So do you think or did your group think that interests are important to compatibility? Yeah, we did think about that some. We also struggled a little bit because we didn't want to make our survey too extensive. Um, we wanted to have a substantial amount of people take it. And we knew if our survey was going to take over 10 minutes, we'd probably lose a lot of participants. But in terms of interests, we did have some questions like, um, how do you feel about yoga? Or um, we had some food-related questions too, like I'm comfortable with my partner being vegan or vegetarian. So stuff like that, we tried to see, you know, what are the type of people we're dealing with and are different categories of people comfortable with other people's interests? Absolutely. Um, so sort of a different question, um, but still related. Um, what is your concept of modern love? I don't know. That's a hard one. Um, I think when I think of modern love, I think of a lot of like Tinder, Bumble, meeting online, which I mean, it must be working if these things are still happening. Um, I don't know if it's by and large, like working in like a long-term 
um, sense. Like if people are getting married, I think people are, but um, definitely on college campuses, like Tinder and Bumble, even just for hookup culture is really popular. So that would kind of be my definition of it. And I think that the Michigan Marriage Pact kind of plays off that well because it deals with social media and um, meeting your person online, which people tend to be super comfortable with, but then adding in like a bit of a higher stakes marriage aspect. Are there detrimental effects of initially meeting someone online versus in person? I mean, I'm sure there can be. You don't know everything when you meet someone online, Um, no matter if it's the Michigan Marriage Pact or if it's Tinder. There's definitely going to be things about this person that they either choose not to share, they could even lie about it, or um, that just aren't covered in the like your online profile or the questions we're asking. The chances of people meeting who are very different um, is totally a possibility. We're trying to avoid that. Um, is it detrimental? I don't know. Hopefully their differences can also be a conversation starter and can maybe lead to a friendship. I don't think anything detrimental will come out of this, but fingers crossed, I guess. So sort of actually going off what you just said, one of the problems with modern dating, specifically modern dating via online sources, um, is that people are presented with so much choice. So does your algorithm address this issue? I don't think that the questions we're asking or the algorithm in itself addresses this issue, but I do think that the concept behind the Michigan Marriage Pact addresses this issue. So we are going to match people with one match. That doesn't allow them to know who their other options were or who else entered the Michigan Marriage Pact unless they find that information out themselves through their friend groups or whatever. Um, But we're giving them one match and that's their one option. So there aren't options besides that one person, I guess, and they either like it or they don't. Again, this is sort of off topic, but it's something that I feel like a lot of people have brought up when we talk about the Michigan Marriage Pact is the aspect of privacy, because I don't... The questions aren't necessarily like super private information. It's kind of conversational questions. How are you guys dealing with privacy? And how would you say that to someone who asked you about that, about the marriage pact? So we are getting some feedback about um, data privacy concerns and things like that. Um, I totally understand where they're coming from. And honestly, I'd probably have the same concerns or questions if I was on the other side of it. However, like I can assure everyone that All of their data is being kept private. It's on a very secure server. We don't have it on our personal laptops or anything like that. And no one else has access to it besides the people in the group who aren't looking at it. The data is anonymous. And then after the project is over, after the semester is done and all the results are out, um, we won't be publishing the data anywhere and pretty much everything will be destroyed. So your data will not even exist um, in a couple weeks. Would you do this again in a later year given its popularity? Yeah, I think that's our, something that the team has already talked about some. Um, now that we've had like our base run, we definitely see like some questions that we, we want to tweak or some new questions that we wish we would have asked. And I think given its success, we definitely want to run it again. Um, some of our team members are graduating seniors, so I don't know exactly what it'll look like next year. Um, if we'll have new group members or if they'll work remotely. Now that we have a pretty good idea of what it takes to run the survey, run the algorithm, and actually create the code. It's very doable, and we can totally do it next year. Um, I know I want to, but it's something we'll have to discuss further. So did you ever expect this much interest in the Michigan Marriage Pact, and has it changed 
given the amount of interest it has? No, we never expected this. Well, I guess I'll rephrase that. We didn't know what we were going to expect or we didn't know what to expect. Um, We released it. And I remember our team had a conversation with our GSI that was like, oh, no, what if we only get like 20 or 50 people that take it? That was not the case. We're at 5,000 right now. So we have way over we could have ever hoped. I remember the first um, goal I kind of personally set, and I don't think I even ever told my team this because I didn't want to sound like it was unattainable or anything, but I really wanted to hit 500. So the fact that we've hit 5,000 is awesome. Um, And I think that the project kind of has changed. You know, I was worried because at first when we started seeing like the numbers skyrocket, I was worried because I was like, oh my gosh, can our like code handle this? Um, Will it take like five days to run. Who knows? Like I had no idea. I I don't know much about computer science. So I was kind of worried about that. And um, I'm happy that it still works. (laughs) But I was thinking, okay, if 50 people take it, like worst comes to worst, we'll just hand match them or something like whatever. But now that there's 5,000 people, we can't hand match them. Um, And I guess the pressure is kind of on for that. Right now we can still do it. But um, yeah, I think I've, we've been feeling a lot more pressure, but we've also been seeing more opportunities um, to market and to grow in the future. And I know that there has been some conversations about, given its size, that there's um, an uneven distribution of like males and females. And of course, there are preferences within that that will change, like who wants to be matched with who. Um, but the likelihood that someone may not get a match at all. Are you guys hoping to get some more responses from people? Yes, we're definitely hoping to get some more responses from heterosexual males. It's not a crazy difference, but we do see um, a sizable portion, I would say, of heterosexual females that will just like be sad single ladies, um, which is a little bit unfortunate. We do still have a week for the survey to run, so hopefully we'll see that gap close a little bit more And we, as we have been over the past couple days. The algorithm itself, like there will be unmatched people. It will be a small percentage of people, but not every single person will get matched due to like very unique preferences or um, just things that kind of stray from the average. But a majority of people will definitely get matched and hopefully the closer to 100%, the better. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, my name is Caroline Denome. I'm a junior studying industrial and operations engineering with a minor in business administration. Great. So why did you decide to fill out the Michigan Marriage Pact? Yeah, so me and pretty much my entire friend group all filled it out together. Um, So not really hoping or not really expecting my future husband to be who I'm matched with is kind of more of you know, a joke as friends to fill out. Um, But I mean, if they sent me someone's name, I would meet them, you know, for my letters. Yeah. For shits and gigs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be believed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, not expecting too much out of it, but I think it'll be funny at least and a good story. Yeah, so it was kind of like a social bonding experience with you and your friends. When yeah, did you hear about it and how did it kind of become that that like social event? Yeah, so um, my roommate and I are good friends with the two people across the hall and one of them put in our group chat 
um, a screenshot of like the invitation. I think they got it over email and she was like, guys, we have to do this all together. Um, and then on Thursday nights, uh, our guy friends always come over. So we filled it out during that, which was really fun. But yeah, so one of our friends just told us about it. Nice. So um, what has your experience been like on other digital dating sites? Have you ever used one before? Like what's your general opinion on them? Yeah, so I've used Tinder and Hinge. Highly recommend Hinge over Tinder. So what Hinge makes you do is you have six photos and then you have to respond to three prompts. So you can choose the prompts you respond to, but I think it's a lot easier to start a conversation with someone because typically they've said something funny or um, you get some insight to their personality versus Tinder where it's, whatever their bio is, which is usually obnoxious or stupid and like photos of themselves. Um, so it's a lot easier to start a conversation. Yeah. But as a whole, I've only met one person ever off of a dating app and a very good experience. Actually, I still talk to him. Great guy. But otherwise, yeah. Do you think that the questions that were asked on the Michigan Marriage Pact would similar similarly to Hinge help you start a conversation or potentially help you find a compatible partner? I think it was a good start, but also I know, you know, a bunch of guys or I watched my best guy friend fill it out and I was kind of surprised at some of his answers and some areas where I thought we were actually pretty compatible. His ranking didn't necessarily reflect where I thought he was. And so I think, you know, having to rank yourself one to five on an issue, it's so much more complicated than that, especially there was one question where it asked, should gender roles or do gender roles exist for a reason? And I didn't even know like what they meant by that as it, I didn't know if they were trying to say, should women, you know, be cooking in the kitchen or, you know, are women more, you know, emotional or more, I don't know, motherly or something like that. Like the kind of several ways you could take that. So I think, you know, based just on that survey, you know, you might not necessarily be that compatible with the person. Yeah. What were some of the other questions that either threw you off or, you know, made you think, oh, this will help me find somebody? (laughs) Yeah. I think the prenup one is interesting. Because I also think that just totally depends on the situation. I I said that I was leaning towards a prenup because I was like, I don't want a guy taking all my money. Yeah, like planning on making big bucks. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> but you have no idea where you're going to be in like 20 years or yeah. I don't know. And I also think that people have like a general um, disliking towards prenups because it implies like a divorce is coming. But honestly, in this modern day and age, it's kind of necessary, in my opinion, Um, or unfortunately more likely than you might hope. Um, So I thought that was an interesting one, which I feel like will be kind of a big decider for matching people. And kind of leading from that, what do you think modern love is right now? Like how has love in your opinion changed? (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) But, you know, with these technological advances and with, current attitudes towards um, long-term relationships like what what's your definition of modern love oh man Um, I mean in terms of dating apps I think it makes you one way more picky 
because you have access to thousands of people at your fingertips and it's very easy to swipe left because you didn't like a shirt this person was wearing when if you met them in real life, like you could have gotten along perfectly well. Um, so definitely, I think, makes people more judgmental as a whole, um, which is unfortunate. But the pro side is also that you do have all these people at your fingertips. It's so easy to stay in contact with people and, you know, have access to people that you wouldn't, you know, meet walking down the street necessarily. You will never see in class um, and you wouldn't normally interact with. So there's definitely pros and cons. My definition of modern love, oh man, I have no idea. It's overall just more casual, if that makes sense. Like most people who end up dating, it's because they started hooking up drunk, right? In, in college, that's a, you know, a more common thing versus a man courts you. It's I'm obviously a very big shift. I think the gentlemanly type attitude is almost completely eradicated from our society, <laughs> unfortunately. Sorry to the men in the room, but um, yeah, that's chivalry doesn't exist anymore. I wouldn't say that, and you know there are there are gems out there. I'd say, but as a whole, um, you know. Hinge, I'll, I'll talk about Hinge. So its tagline is that it wants you to delete the app. So it wants you to use Hinge to find that person that makes you want to delete the app, aka you find you know a long-term relationship from Hinge. The majority of people still on that app, especially in our age range, are just using it you know for hookups most likely. So I'd say modern love more frequently than not in a college setting at least starts with sex and then could potentially develop versus an emotional connection leading to sex cool. if that makes sense um yeah thanks so much for coming in and talking with us yeah thanks, thanks for having you. me Yeah, so uh, my name is Penny Chiu, and I'm a uh, fifth-year PhD candidate at the School of Information here at Michigan. So broadly, I research how people use communication technologies for their relationship, but also for self-presentation. So like what are implications of such use? And uh, so throughout my internships, I've kind of like researched this topic from uh, various angles. And um, professionally, I've also done internships at Google and Microsoft, which kind of give me a glimpse into like the more applied aspect of these areas. Um, so regarding more of that communication aspect, specifically over social media, do you think that there are differences between communicating or even meeting people online versus in person? And what would those differences be? So I think that's uh, one key difference is that, again, like kind of striving for the most socially desirable aspect of um, your self-presentation because it's so public and it's there for a long time and you're looking for positive feedback. Um, so I think that kind of also goes into meeting people online is that you're often seeing the most desirable aspect of somebody. What it kind of presents is kind of like a, maybe a bit of like a information overload or... Uh, in some cases, also choice of a lot, which is something that happens everywhere. Like when you're shopping on Amazon, you have many, many items to choose from, and uh, that can make the choice sometimes difficult. And also maybe simply because you can talk to so many people at the same time, it kind of make it that um, some people are about to be like 
not so good to talk to. Like if you imagine yourself walking into a bar and then talking to every single person in that bar, you're going to talk to some weird people. So I think that's the kind of issue with, um, that can be some of the disadvantages with the meeting online. And um, and also because like everything, it just happened via like really kind of teen medium in the sense that this person is kind of like just five pictures and a few text messages. It kind of... Um, make it easier to like reject them or to kind of move on. Whereas when it's in person, it's kind of like a ritual medium. There's more that you can, um, maybe it's, it's, I guess like more like a more personal aspect. If you look at the research, then online dating has become the most common way that people meet somebody, like meet their romantic panels. And, um, and it's like basically replaced the traditional venues of like through friends, through work, through school or like through social institutions like churches or families. So, I mean, just by number-wise, it's speaking in favor of these platforms in the sense that it simply is the most popular. And there's also some uh, research that suggests that people that uh, got married after meeting online um, have like more satisfying marriage and lower divorce rates. And one thing that I have always thought is very um, cool about these platforms is that they seem more supportive of people looking for like same-sex relationships. So I think that's one particular um, dating population that have like struggled via more traditional means that maybe is finally finding a venues that are very supportive of their uh, dating needs. I think it's also useful to not think of online versus offline as so like separate. I mean, if you, and like now it's very common that you meet somebody on, like maybe let's just say you meet somebody in class and then you go on their Instagram and you can see like what kind of person they are because a lot of it can come out just from like browsing their Instagram for five minutes and then you can talk with them on these various various platforms. So then I feel like, does that mean that the relationship is online or offline? There's a lot of like marriage between these communication channels and a lot of it is very seamless in the sense that I think it's more like artificially dividing it between online and offline may not always be the most productive way to think about these communication choices. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Daily Weekly. Again, I'm your host, Sonia Vogel. This episode was produced by audio engineer Gibson Gillette Behrens, executive producer Catherine Newhan, audio producers Josh Sadikoff, John Coonan, and Abigail Elwert, as well as content producers Kareem Rafai, Callie Teitelbaum, and Rachel Fagan. 